It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help. Dot com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Roll, baby. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, JJ John J. Stremsky. Hope everybody survived the first four days of the NCAA tournament as we march closer to opening day, as we march closer to the Knicks and the Rangers and the Devils and the maybe Islanders and the Nets and all these teams in the month of April playing in the postseason. We ended up getting an NCAA tournament that once again for the second straight year had some serious local twang. It had some local flavor to it. And for the second year in a row, it was the upset-minded team from New Jersey. I know it's New York, New York, but we embrace the tri-state area, especially, listen, the state of New Jersey, unless you're down in Cherry Hill, Unless you're down in Avalon or CIL City, let's be honest. State of New Jersey, North Jersey, all the way until you hit about LBI, for goodness sakes, is New York territory. And all you need to do is go down to Jersey Shore and see some of the hats and the jerseys and whatnot that are down there, and that will tell the tale. 
Hats off to Fairley Dickinson. What an incredible job to go as a 16 seed. And I know Purdue is a bunch of frauds. And I know that I had Purdue out in the first week in the NCAA tournament. I didn't believe in them for a minute. Matt Painter is the most overrated coach in college basketball. His team was scared. How Edie doesn't touch the ball, I don't know. But Fairley Dickinson won four games last year. They get a break to get into the field of 68. They win the play-in. And then Tobin Anderson and their guys go and beat Purdue. So for the second time in five years, we see a 16 seed beat a one. That is an insane, insane accomplishment. And, you know, it's interesting to compare. Well, what's the better accomplishment? The 16 beating the one, which we've only seen twice in the history of the NCAA tournament. That's what Fairleigh Dickinson is attached to. Or what Shaheen Holloway and St. Peter's were able to do last year. They were 15, but then they go all the way to the Elite Eight and have some unbelievable wins along the way. How about Purdue, by the way? Losing to St. Peter's and Fairleigh Dickinson in back-to-back years. Anybody's going to sit there and tell me Matt Painter's a good coach and a big-time coach? Please. I'm putting that on the resume. But for our local guys, Fairleigh Dickinson to fight the way they did on Friday night, and then Sunday, they give Florida Atlantic all they could handle. You always wonder with that 15 and that 16. Well, they had their moment. They're all over national television. They're the talk of America. How do they respond? They responded great. They were down the first half. It looked like they were going to get blown out. They come out storming out of the gates to the point where they go and take a lead. And then Florida Atlantic really got their athleticism going. They got up and down the court. They finally hit a couple of shots, and they put away Fairleigh Dickinson. Hats off to Tobin Anderson and that team getting themselves to the round of 32 and becoming the second team in the history of the NCAA tournament to go and be the one. Okay, who it may be. That's a big, big deal. Round of applause. We got more applause to throw. How about Princeton? The Ivy League upset-minded Princeton Tigers. They beat Arizona. Then they beat Missouri. And the game was in, wasn't even close. You know, I'm in a survivor pool for the NCAA tournament. So I got a bunch of games. Boom, 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 boom. And I took Missouri with two entries. Thankfully, I put 10 in. I still got four for those of you keeping score at home. But I was like, Ivy League school? Missouri? I mean, come on. Missouri's got to win that game. It was never close. Princeton won that game pillow to post, wide to wide. They're in the Sweet 16 against Creighton. Really cool story. And then from the final leg of the local playing, I know there are a lot of UConn fans that listen to this show. And UConn is weird because they're kind of like on the border. Like they're close enough to Boston. They're close enough to New York. UConn and Syracuse are two of those programs, though, that are always going to have ties to the New York area. And I love the coach. Listen, I spent a lot of time with Dan Hurley when he was at Wagner College. He is a great guy. He is a driven, passionate guy, and he's won every stop along the way. I knew he'd have success at UConn, and there were UConn fans giving him shit. Oh, you're losing the first round of first two years. Do you know how to coach in the tournament? I think he put some of that to bed with the way they smoked St. Mary's and the way they smoked Iona in the second half of their game. UConn can go to the Final Four. Sonogo's playing great. They defend. Ken Palm, if you're into the nerds, the metrics, the 
analytics when it comes to this sort of stuff. They're like top 20 in offensive and defense. They are, they're a really, really good team. They're in a loaded region. And as you get ready for the second week of the NCAA tournament, know this. The West region in which UConn is a part of the proceedings, Connecticut, Arkansas, and then the game of the Sweet 16. It's not even close. It's Gonzaga and UCLA from the rematch from two years ago. Timmy's still there. Jacquez and Tiger Campbell are still there. I can't wait to watch that game 945. And thank God that game is at 945 so I can do television from 11, 11.30, get me out of there, and then I will be hooting and hollering as to why before we do New York, New York, as I am watching that game. I cannot wait to watch that game. That's the toughest region. The Garden region. Kind of weird. Florida, Atlantic, Tennessee, and I couldn't have been more wrong on Duke. Boy, did they get smoked. They got punked by Tennessee. Tennessee hit them in the mouth early, and Duke couldn't get off the mat. Filipowski played incredibly soft. Roach was in all sorts of foul trouble. And credit Tennessee. Listen, speaking of a tournament coach that I give a lot of shit to, Rick Barnes deserves a lot of crap for his teams coming up small in the tournament. That was a great win for him the other day. They destroyed Duke. That game wasn't even close. So you'll have Tennessee, Florida, Atlantic at the Garden, and then Tom Izzo. Michigan State as a seven seed under the radar. Big win over Marquette. I love them today. If you listen to our Ringer Gambling Show, Kansas State at the Garden, local guard. He played great. And they took down Kentucky, who, let's be honest, just couldn't hit a shot. So I would say Michigan State, Kansas State. I think Michigan State's going to go to the Final Four out of that region. And I think Florida Atlantic, for what it's worth, is going to be live against Tennessee. Gonzaga, UCLA, Arkansas, Connecticut, you could sell me on any of those teams going into the Final Four. I'm invested in UCLA, but I'm not going to be surprised if any of those teams find a way to Houston, Texas. And then on Friday, listen, I think the question on Friday for the Sweet 16 is going to be, who can scare the number one seats between Bama and Houston? Can San Diego State or Miami do it? Is it going to be a Creighton, assuming they get past Princeton, of course, or is it going to be a Xavier, Texas in the other respective matchup? Listen, a lot of teams can go win this tournament. I think we're going to have a lot of fun next weekend. It's always good when you got a couple of futures you can bring into the Sweet 16, and you know you can kind of take it from there. But I was in the college basketball this weekend, and I always hate hearing, I know we're a pro sports city. I'm well aware of that. Oh, I don't care about March Madness. I don't care about the tournament. That is such bullshit. I'm down in Atlantic City this weekend. That sports book was a buzzing with people from the tri-state area watching those games. What were you watching this weekend? Aside from the Knicks to play at 1 o'clock, what the hell were you watching? You, you're telling me you were more into the World Baseball Classic than you were the, the NCAA tournament? Give me a freaking break. I, I'm going to admit this, and I got no problem doing so. I couldn't care less about the WBC. And I am not trying to disparage and, and, you know, throw cold water on the players who want to represent their country. That's a really cool thing that they're deciding to do. Am I glad that most, if not all, of the Yankees have basically said, no, we're not playing in it? Thank God. The Yankees have got enough injuries in spring training. I don't need another one. These players have a right to go and play in this WBC. The timing of the event is terrible. 
timing of the event should be in November during the week, not now, not against March Madness. Like, I, apparently, the United States-Venezuela game was on in a book. It was on the smallest TV yesterday as I'm watching the games. That's a great game. Who cares? I, I'm sorry. You think I was all wrapped up in Trey Turner hitting a home run at a WBC? I couldn't care less. And I love my country, and I love baseball. I will be, and, and I think everybody knows this, guns are blazing, balls to the wall, ready to go in two weeks when the Yankees open up against the Giants and when the Mets open up against the Miami Marlins. I can't wait for baseball to start. I can't wait. It's going to make my life insane. I understand that, but I can't wait for baseball to start. The idea that I'm going to like muster up fake energy for the WBC, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Not when it's going up against NCAA tournament games. That's real tough. You know, you'll have some folks who say, oh, I was into it, blah, blah, blah. I call BS on it. You want real talk? You want fake talk? You get real talk on this show. I could not care less about the WBC. Just not for me. You know, I thought I might get into a couple of the games Monday and Tuesday. I'm like, no, nah, I, I, I can't. I'm not ready. Would I feel differently if we were in the month of November? I might feel differently if it was in the month of November. And that's why I think there are so many Mets fans who are just ticked off about this Diaz injury, which was a fluke injury. I mean, let's be real about that. That injury could have happened, I, mean, I guess, jumping up and down anywhere. You probably uh, The Mets did do it a couple of years ago with Brody and Louis Rojas. What a disaster that was. I don't know how they thought that was a good idea. Celebrating a practice last out of the World Series. You can't make it up. You won't have me waving pom-poms for the WBC this week. Mark my words. And the Mets thankfully avoided another disaster with Nimmo. Because when I saw that injury on Friday night, I'm like, oh boy. Are we talking about yet another crippling injury for this team going into the start of the season? Nimmo is making it seem like he's going to be good to go for opening day. Outstanding news on that. Mets need Brandon Nimmo. They paid him a ton of money. He kind of is their energizer bunny at the top of the order. They need Nimmo to get going. One note before we hit Zach Vizor. I want to commend the New York Knicks. Saturday was a tremendous game. And I love the standalone window in college basketball on Saturday with the Knicks playing the game because I was like, this is perfect. San Diego State Furman is a dud. The Knicks are playing the Nuggets. Brunson is back. Amazing. Going up against Jokic, who right now is losing steam by the minute for the MVP. And Embiid playing great. Jokic not playing as great team-wise. Jokic fatigued with the idea of not giving him the award three straight years. I think there's something to that. But when the Knicks got off to a fast start, then they're down like 12, 13 points third quarter. I'm like, they're not going to win this game. It's not their day. They come storming back. And you see the impact and you see the difference in this team when Jalen Brunson is on the floor. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out clearly, but he is the catalyst. He is their best and most indispensable player. And he's making big play after big play down the stretch. And they find a way to go and win that game. And Gordon is rocking. And you got the, the Ted Lasso guys, the Dacus and the boys that cheering them on. It's, is it okay to admit it's fun being a Knicks fan right now? It is fun being a Knicks fan. And I'm proud of the fact that this team weathered the storm the way that they did. Give them credit. 
they go on the West Coast, they lose to Sacramento, they lose Brunson again. They lose that Clipper game. They got right off the mat, beat the Lakers, beat Portland. They get some time off, which I'm sure they desperately needed after being out on the West Coast and take care of business there. And now you look at their schedule, it is very manageable to me between now and the end of the regular season. Minnesota at home, at Miami, Orlando, Houston, Washington, Indiana a couple of times. Knicks going to win close to 50 games. What do they got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And maybe not going to win 50 games. That might be a stretch. They're going to win in the high 40s, though. Let's see if I can do math. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's what they teach you at Syracuse, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So Knicks are 42 and 30. They've played 72 games. they got 10 left. So they have to go 8 and 2 to get 50. They're probably not going to go 8 and 2. They go 6 and 4, though. They're getting 48. I think every Knicks fan would have signed on the dotted line for 48 wins at the start of the year. Would you not? And if that means a first-round series with the Cleveland Cavaliers, get your popcorn ready. Donovan Mitchell, the player you could have acquired, the player with New York ties taking on the Knickerbockers. Knickerbockers would be very, very live in that first-round series. I'd be intrigued to see a series price on that. But we got a ways to go. We got a ways, ways to go. It's going to be a fun April around here. Buckle up. Enjoy the next week or two. We're going to really dive deep over the next week. 2023 Yankees, 2023 Mets. I have an individual each I am targeting for the show. I'm working on both. I expect them to be uh, taken care of before the start of the season. And then we're going to do our top list of New York baseball players, which it's going to be a complicated conversation this year between injuries and who you value more and on and on we go. So Licata, who's my buddy at SNY, he will join us probably next week. We'll do that right before the start of opening day. We'll have a little fun with that list. All right. Let's take a call quick, and then we're going to have Zach Braziller. It's a late pod, by the way. I'm a little zany right now. It's 1.13 in the morning. I've watched four straight days of college basketball for like 12 hours on repeat. That's when you get me at my best. What can I say? A little off the beaten path. You know, that's what we like around here on New York, New York. All right, let's hear a call real quick. Hey, JJ, Peter in Ulster Park. Boy, that rusty bucket, Aaron Rodgers, is uh, giving himself great coverage with the coverage for the Jets. If the deal doesn't go through, it's not his fault. He wanted to be a New York Jet. He so barely wanted to come to New York. Oh, I'm so sorry it didn't go through. So um, when it doesn't happen, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. Meanwhile, with the World Baseball Classic, this is exactly why I'm against it. You know, every four years, we put our best players out there. Yeah, well, not everyone goes, obviously, but they risk injury. And now the Mets have a huge one. The Mets are going to have a problem all year, closing games. Hopefully it will work out. Got my hopes up, but it's it's not an easy thing. Uh, and, um, you know, lastly, if you want to ask my opinion on the whole thing, if the world is so interested in a World Baseball Classic, Put together a league. Let's have a real World Series instead of this garbage every four years. You know, start some teams. Put some money into it. Enough. I I, I can't deal with this. All right, JJ, be great. Bye. Listen, I'm not the big fan of the World Baseball Classic either. You've got to acknowledge the fact that there are plenty of players that really want to be in this tournament. 
United States, not as much. We do not have our A team out there. We have some great players, but we do not have the best possible United States lineup and pitching staff available. I mean, a guy like Scherzer basically told you, hey, guess what? I'm not ready to go body-wise for the intensity of playoff-like games. I'm not. So he wisely decided to skip the event. November to me would be far better time. That's a little food for thought. I didn't mention Rogers on this podcast because I'm so Rogers out. He's going to be a jack. I know there are plenty of folks out there saying, oh, well, it's not done yet. What's the compensation going to be? The Packers going to play hardball. The Packers know they ultimately need to move Aaron Rodgers. The Jets know they ultimately have to get Aaron Rodgers. Could it be a messy couple weeks? Sure. Is it going to be annoying? Probably. Are you going to get the guy you ultimately desire? Yes. Aaron Rodgers is going to be here. And, and, and listen, I know we lived through Carlos Correa. So maybe there are some Mets fans and Jet fans who are kind of like dealing with that PTSD about, oh, I can't, I can't do this again. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. You think he'd go on the McAfee show, say he's going to be a Jet, basically acknowledge this is where my future f- football future is going and say, eh, you know what? The Packers couldn't work it out. I've had enough of this. No, he's angry. Sit tight. Biggest piece of advice I could give you if you're a Jet fan. It's going to get done. Sit tight. Our guy, Zach Braziller, who, by the way, is like the hardest working man in the basketball business these days. He's doing the Knicks. He takes a hiatus, does the college tournaments, and was in Albany this week for UConn and Iona. I'll have an update on Patino. We'll run through a bunch of the local teams with him, but we'll do some Knicks with Zach, too. Also, Got to see how he's feeling about his buddy Diaz. You know he's not feeling good about that. All right, ZB, New York Post, coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A. S-S-I-A-N dot com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. 
Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So always fun first weekend of the tournament. There were actually a ton of really cool local stories. I mean, you think about Fairleigh Dickinson. You think about Princeton. You think about UConn finally getting back to the Sweet 16. You got a, a bunch of players here with some local twang and some local fever, whatever you want to call it. Zach Brazil of the New York Post, he's doing the Knicks, but this week he's been doing the NCAA tournament. He's back to his college roots. ZB, welcome in. First things first, how was Albany? It was good, Eric. It was full of UConn fans, that's for sure. That building was rocking today in the second half. Um, it was good. You know, I mean, look, if you're a UConn fan, you got to be thrilled. They looked awesome. I think they're clearly a team that can get to the Final Four. You know, um, the, the one negative with Albany is you really didn't have a good game. Unfortunately, the Iona-UConn was a great first half. Then it kind of UConn pulled away. Today, you had two games that really weren't good. I, I expected it to be a little better. Indiana-Miami, Miami really took them apart in the second half. So I was at the one site, I think, that didn't have one really good game. But otherwise, it was definitely an enjoy, a fun week. Give Hurley a lot of credit. He mentioned it, ZB. I was doing TV earlier this evening, and he mentioned the fan base. They were out for blood. Let's be honest. They lose in the first round each of the last two years. They're a top 10 offensive, defensive efficiency team basically all year. They had to, Zach, get out of this first weekend. They had to find a way to get themselves to Las Vegas. Um, is it fair to say, because I would say the answer to this question is yes, no matter what happens in Vegas for UConn and Hurley, their season is a success? I wouldn't say a success, but I don't think UConn fans will be, will be like, I'll put it this way. You're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You're facing the eight seed as talented as Arkansas is. I still feel UConn fans will, will leave a bad taste in their mouth if they don't win this game. But you are favored. You're better than you. You're a better team than Arkansas. Now they might have more NBA players, but it's still a game that to me they UConn should win. Now I don't think you say the season's a failure if you lose the game, but I do think it it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because what we saw this weekend, UConn's a team that, like we said, can clearly get to the Final Four and even win a national championship. I don't think there's any question about it. They're, they're, they're talented enough to do it. They're going to be alive to go to the Final Four. Uh, if they find a way to beat Arkansas, that will be one hell of a matchup against the winner of Gonzaga and UCLA, which to me is hands down the game of the Sweet 16. We'll get to that in a minute, ZB. But I want to circle back on a couple of these local storylines. Listen, the biggest storyline of the weekend is we see for the second time in about five years, a 16 taken down a one. And listen, you and I talked about this. We were not Purdue believers. I thought they were incredibly fraudulent. I thought they were losing in the first weekend to begin with. But to CFDU, who's fortunate enough to get in the tournament, Tobin Anderson and his guys make the most of it. They have a moment for the ages. And then to go and play the way they did against a really good FAU team, ZB, you know, sometimes with these 15 seeds, or now in this case, a 16 seed, they get to that next game and you're like, well, what do they have left? What else can they do? Uh, FDU was right there. I mean, that was a 6 0 run. That's the difference between winning and losing that game, for goodness sakes. Yeah, they look, they were so impressive. I mean, this is a team that won four games last year, the smallest team in the country. 
They played with a lot of confidence. You, you watch that Purdue game. Purdue was shell-shocked in that game. Nobody wanted to shoot the ball. And this is that two years in a row where they lose to this little mid-major from Jersey. I imagine if they have to deal with like a, a rider or something next year. They'll be, you know, as a, as a 15 seed or something. It, it, yeah, look, so impressive. If Rick Pitino takes St. John's, Tobin Anderson to me is a guy that could definitely end up taking Iona. I've heard that he's definitely will be a candidate if that does happen. He's, look, he's a rising star. There's no doubt. The guy's a terrific coach. And yeah, FDU was impressive. Princeton was, I mean, it's in Sweet 16. They, they overwhelmed Missouri. They beat Arizona despite shooting four of 25-3. And I'm a little surprised that Creighton is a 10-point favorite. I, I thought the spread would be lower. A lot of disrespect for the team out of the Ivy League. And listen, Zach, my future bet might be talking because I'm on Creighton to go to the Final Four. I might have a ticket on Creighton at 40-1 to to win the national championship. That Princeton team, to beat Arizona, and I thought Arizona played poorly, quite frankly, down the stretch. The game against Missouri, though, dude, Zach, that game was never close. You know, it wasn't one of those instances where a 15 seed wins and it feels fluky. They were a better team pillar to post in that game. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it it wasn't even a question. I mean, they look like the higher seed. They look like the high major team. You know, they they they're they're good defensively. They move the ball. They have size. They have guys who finish above the rim. I I think they're going to give Creighton problems. Now, I I would think Creighton will probably win the game, especially what we saw with Creighton today. You know, just absolutely manhandling Baylor. Baylor, but I think Princeton's in that game in the second half. I don't think they're getting blown out. And the other thing, Crane really has no depth. You know, I, Princeton could, you know, could, can maybe wear them down there. Um, and, you know, they, they, could, they could pull out the big kid, Cal Brenner, with their two bigs. It's going to be a very, very interesting game. It's interesting, Zach. You have the regionals this week at Madison Square Garden. And you think about regionals in years past where, you know, you had UConn there against Michigan State with Virginia a couple of years ago. And thank heavens, by the way, they got Tom Izzo and Michigan State to win that game today. And it's not Marquette playing with FAU and, and Tennessee and, and, and Kansas State. I mean, at least they have one legitimate brand name college basketball program. And I'm not trying to disparage those other teams in any way. But that that is not the most appealing of the four regionals for Madison Square, Madison Square Garden, dude. Let's be honest. I mean, especially when you, you, know, you thought you were going to get Duke, especially with how they looked in, in round one. And Kentucky had a chance today to, to beat Kansas State. Now, there are some really good local stories. Kansas State's got four New Yorkers led by their point guard, Marquise Noel. Michigan State, Tyson Walker, a Christ King kid. So there are, you know, Keontae Johnson of Kansas State. He could collapse a few years ago. Didn't think play against. There are some really good stories, but there's no question. Don't have the brands there. It, it doesn't, you know, once the game starts, if you have really good games, no one's going to care. I remember a few years ago, the teams were kind of, uh, boring, and you, you ended up with some just fantastic games, and that's all you're going to care about. It's going to be full. It's going to be sold out. There's no question about it. But yeah, look, I, I think the West is is the best region when you consider UConn, Arkansas, UCLA, Gonzaga. I do like Xavier, Texas a lot, too. I think that's a game that has, has a chance to be absolutely fantastic. Um, We're down to 16 teams. Realistically speaking, Zach, how many you think can win the whole thing at this point? It's a really good question. I I go Alabama, Houston, UConn, um, obviously UCLA. I think Gonzaga I would put in there too. 
Texas. No, I'd probably go probably around half, honestly. I, I think a lot. I mean, we said this all year, it was wide open, and I still feel that way. I think Alabama is the best team. I do. I could see San Diego State giving them some trouble because Kansas State's going to slow the game down. They're going to a terrific defensive team. I could see them giving them some problems with their strength and their size. But I would. I, I still see Alabama winning that game. But yeah, I, I would probably go half. I think probably at least half teams left can win it all. That's a good thing for the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. Um, I got to get on your college basketball brethren. And I'm not going to get on you because you're a New York guy. You understand this. You get this. The amount of national college basketball people, Zach, that were defending Matt Painter after that game against Fairleigh Dickinson blew my mind. I mean, have they watched Matt Painter coach in a big game for the better part of the last 10 years? I mean, how many of these college basketball guys do I need to hear from Tell me, oh, Painter's great. He's this. He's that. His team's stinking the tournament every year, dude. I mean, his team was absolutely, uh, they were frightened. Bro, they were shook. Game. They didn't want to shoot. Lapis said it during the game. They didn't want to shoot. It was, uh, it was yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was wild. Just the, the nerves, that, uh, this team that won the Big Ten postseason, regular season, that was a one seed. That entire second half, it, I mean, look, it's two years in a row now where where they really just absolutely crumbled against the Cinderella. It, there's no question about it. I mean, you have to take a hit for this. I don't, I don't, I, I understand he's a good guy. He's done a, they win and he's done a good job and he develops players and all that, but you can't come up that small in March as often as he did. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's good to hear that. That's why you're New Yorker through and through, because you get it, you understand it, you have the perspective that I that that I need in my life, quite frankly. All right, we got to get to a couple of things here. Number one, you're tied into St. John's. You told me a month ago, it's possible, Patino, that momentum carried when we did our spot a few weeks ago during the conference tournaments. Now Patino's done at Iona. We know St. John's has offered him the job. Do you think he's going to take it? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, they met today. Everything you hear is that it went really well, that he told the, the school some things that he feels like has to happen for them to be successful. And he's only doing this. He's taking this job to win big. You know, he's not coming here to, to mess around and he wants to win big one more time in his career. And everything that he said, I was told the school is very receptive to. Um, I think he's going to take the job. I think it could happen by Monday night. And it's, look, excitement's through the roof. This does happen. They're going to play a lot more games at the Garden. They're going to hit that transfer portal hard. It's it's something that really has to happen for St. John's. It's a program that hasn't won a tournament game in 23 years. That's just been an absolute mess for the most part of the last 20, 25 years. He, can, he still has it. You saw what he did at Iona this year. You see what he's done really the last few years. They have to do it. They, I mean, they, it's all about him now. They want to do it. They're all in on him. The president was all in on him. It's going to come down to him making that decision, and I, I fully expect that he will be the next coach St. John's. That's fantastic news, and I guarantee it is. That tournament streak will be coming to an end as far as games and not winning games. Rick Pitino's your coach. I don't know if it happens next year or the following year. You're winning a game in the NCAA tournament. Um. Were you at Knickerbocker? No, you were not at Knickerbocker Saturday because you were doing the games in Albany, obviously. But that's a nice little watch. win. For, that's that's one hell of a win for the Knicks, dude. Down in the third quarter, 
They come storming back against the best team in the Western Conference, and I get it. Denver's hit a little bit of a rut. Denver hasn't played great the last few weeks, but the Knicks, after losing those two games without Brunson, Sacramento, and into the Clippers, they really have gotten off the mat well here, ZB, with a very favorable schedule over the next few weeks. They should put themselves in that 4-5. I mean, I'd be stunned if that's not the case at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, they're two ahead of the Nets. They're four ahead of the Heat, you know, who, who are who are back in seventh. The schedule is pretty light. They get the T-Wolves tomorrow night. And look, I still don't think fourth is out of the question. They're two back of the Cavs in the loss column. They play them uh, at the end of the month in Cleveland. If they ever won that game, they have a legit shot to, to leapfrog them for fourth. But either way, it's, that's going to be the 4-5 series. And that's, look, that's going to be a really fun series. Donovan Mitchell, you know, the Cavs are good, but they're not a great, they're not, they've struggled on the road. The Knicks have been really good. They beat up the Cavs two or three. Look, this team, the Knicks are going to win like 48, 49 games, I think. And that's, that's a hell of a year when you consider what the preseason expectations were. When you, you know, when you consider what people thought of this team, the coach has done a great job. Brunson and Randall have been awesome. Hart was an absolutely fantastic ad. The Knicks are going to, that, that series with the Cavs, I really think, is a toss-up series. And then, you you know, the, the one problem is I just don't like, I don't like them against the Bucks. But, you know, you get to the second round and you just, you have nothing to lose. You would cross that bridge if you get to it, 1,000%. If we are sitting here talking about the Knicks playing in a second-round series, it is a fabulous day to be a New York Knickerbocker fan. Um, So, ZB, are your spirits okay after the Diaz fiasco from the other day? Number one, you feel terrible for him. Number two, listen. I'm not into the WBC at all. I can't get into these games. It's March Madness, for goodness sakes. I get into baseball when opening day starts, but I get it. It's not going anywhere. The players love it. It means a lot to them. Played in November, for goodness sakes. But the Mets had a big edge over everybody else in the National League. They're going to be all right. They're going to win a ton of games. I mean, But this is is brutal stuff. uh, Where are you you at uh, with your Mets? Are you over? Are you still mourning after the Jazz injury? You know, you can't make it up. But look, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not a big WBC guy. I, like you said, it's March Madness. You have the Knicks. I'm just not interested at all. But, you know, it was a free thing. It happened during a, a celebration. You, you just can't um, prepare for it. But they're going to win a lot of games. They'll, I'm sure they'll get guys at the deadline and we'll, you'll, you'll go from there. But it, it could have happened any time. I just, if I'm, I think WBC should be November or maybe the middle of the season if you really want to do it. But to have it during spring training to me, I think it's silly. I'm, I haven't watched the pitch. I'm not going to watch any of it. I'm obviously all in on basketball right now. But yeah, the Mets are going to have some issues in the back of that, back of that bullpen without him. You know, you hope Robertson holds up and some other guys, but it's, there's, you're not replacing the guy. It's, it is a killer. I, I kind of like the Mets and the Yankees similar. I think they're both good. But not great. Not as good as the best. Playoff teams, for sure. Not as important to win the division with the new playoff format. But th- to say either team is a given to get to the World Series, absolutely not. No way, no how. All right, buddy, final one. I give you an opportunity to revise the final four. I have three of my four teams remaining. I lost Duke. I was stupid enough to get suckered in on the Duke bandwagon. Big mistake. I understand that. For you, sir, any any audibles, any changes? You didn't have Purdue in the Final Four, did you? 
No, I I still have my final four. Oh, do you really? Five. Who do you have? Who do you have in the uh, the Garden Region? Kansas State. Ooh, I did not know you picked Kansas State. Yeah, Ballsy. Kansas State, Gonzaga, Texas, and Bama. I'm, I, hey, I'm riding with those four. No, no changes. I'm I'm riding with those four. I'm usually I lose a Final Four team by you know Thursday afternoon, so I'm pretty happy about it so far. Listen, anytime you take a Final Four into the second weekend. Uh, it's a glorious thing. Buddy, thanks for a couple of minutes. Safe home back from Albany. We will catch up when we get close to the Nick playoff time, which, believe it or not, we'll, we'll be here before you know it. You got baseball, uh, you got opening day, you got the Masters, and then the Knicks, hopefully, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers in that best of seven. ZD. That's going to be a lot of fun. I will, we'll talk soon. That's Zach Braziller, New York Post extraordinaire. Uh, we'll set a stage for what we got coming up this week right after this. All right, before we say goodbye, I have to acknowledge this. The final game of Sunday's NCAA tournament, the TCU-Gonzaga game, that is one of the wildest covers I've ever had in my years of gambling on sports. Can, can we just acknowledge that? TCU's cover for a good majority of the game, but it looks like Gonzaga's going to pull away. TCU late, down seven, under five seconds. Bangs the corner three. You got Jamie Dixon even saying with three seconds left, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. Gonzaga player takes the ball, gets around half court, boom, gets hacked under a second to go. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I have TCU plus four and a half. It's a four-point game. They're never in a million years going to have enough time to get a shot off, are they? 0.7 seconds. Gonzaga hits not one, but two free throws. The TCU inbounds. Gonzaga doesn't pressure the ball. So they kind of do the thing where they roll the ball up. They basically roll it up all the way to half court. Player picks up the ball, little bit in front of the half court line, bangs the three. I am going ballistic. I think I woke up all up Brooklyn. I will tweet it out if you did not see it. Do yourself a favor. Check my Twitter page, John underscore Dostramski, if you're listening to this on Monday morning. If you went to bed Sunday night, you may have missed one of the craziest gambling sequences. Not game sequences, but for those of you who invest on FanDuel Sportsbook and invest on, on betting games, and you know what they get to about a bad beat like Van Pettel always talks about. I mean, that's one I'm going to be talking about for a long, long time. So whoever the kid was that drained that three for TCU and handled it the way that he did, God bless you. You're an absolute saint. I'll leave it at that. All right. Jeff Money, before we say goodbye, what's on the card uh, for Monday? What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with Handicapper Pick to be for Monday the 20th. I got one play in the NBA. I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers minus the seven over the Chicago Bulls. Again, I'm going to go with the 76ers minus the seven to just keep my streak going in the NBA. Everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Best of luck to you. Um, it's weird not having the, the nightly Monday, Tuesday college basketball. We'll have to wait until Thursday and Friday for the tournament to resume. Uh, on Monday for me, looking at the NBA card, you know what my initial instinct is? And it's going to sound insane because the Rockets stink. 
I would grab nine and a half against the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors have been so bad on the road this year. Don't you have to blindly take the Rockets getting the nine and a half points? I think that's what I'm going to do. Knicks is a hefty number against the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have a lot to play for. I would not go near the Knicks tomorrow night. And that line has already moved off of the eight down to seven and a half. So Monday night, Knicks T-Wolves, I will be into that. Um, We'll have an update later this week about what we're going to do. We'll obviously have a show on Thursday. But as we start to preview this 2023 baseball season, I want to do a deep dive on the Mets. I want to do a deep dive on the Yankees. People I like in the business, you know, friends of mine. They will join us throughout the week. We'll have an update on that later in the week, and we'll kind of take it from there. Good job by Stefan. By the way, Stefan, before we say goodbye, you were at the succession. Stefan was big winging, by the way. He was hanging out uh, with Shiv and uh, Cousin Greg and uh, Kendall and my guy Logan. I am very much Team Logan Roy all day, every day. Uh, but my guy Stefan was at the succession premiere. First of all, how is the premiere, Stefan? I got to know. We are in for a trip, Jay. Last season, season four is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be one of the ones for the ages. I think the war between the kids and Logan is going to be, it's going to be magnificent. I had a good time watching the premiere tonight. I've seen episode one. I don't want to have any spoilers for you, but yeah, no I'm spoilers. telling you, I'm no telling you now, the audience, they but have you say not, buckle up. Yeah, that, buckle up. It's going to be a hell of a season for sure. Listen, the fact that you're saying buckle up is fantastic. I love hearing that. That's number one. Number two, you know, Cousin Greg lives in my neighborhood. Really? You know, he's in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, apparently, because I've seen him wear the Court Street Grocer's hat, which apparently, I, I don't go to that place, but I heard it's outstanding. Uh, I have my spots in the neighborhood. I live in, you know, the Cobble Hill, Brooklyn Heights area. I got my spots. You know where I go. But I heard this place is amazing. Cousin Greg goes there. I saw you met him tonight. Yes, man. Cousin Greg is, I had to let him know, he's my favorite off the show. It's between him and Roman. Roman is hilarious. The funniest character on the show. But Cousin Greg is my favorite because, um, and I told him the same thing, is that imagine me or you, JJ, the comic guy, just getting dropped in the lap of like billionaires and like how would you react you would be scared you would be on pins and needles and you just feel the nervousness of every scene that cousin greg is in i think he does such a good job at it that's why he's my favorite character on the show it's like you feel like he's gonna explode every time you see him come on the television every time so i told him that he's one of us yes he's He's one one of us us. and I, i love him and he's so funny his energy is so chaotic he's so nervous he's so anxious I enjoy his character on the show the most, for real. Um, I'm glad, by the way, they're wrapping it up after four. Really? I, I think that's a good... I, I know it's amazing. I know it's riveting theater. My my feeling, Stefan, always with these TV shows is that you got to go out on top. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Do, you if think you go if they go on one top, extra season, it kind of ruins the flavor. I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, where it kind of feels like you're hanging around too long. Like, I, I think about the two shows that are my all-time favorite. And they're all-time favorites, I think, for a, a lot of people. The Sopranos and Seinfeld. And, and I think both shows have in common the idea of they knew when to walk away. And nobody looks at The Sopranos and says, yeah, they, they stayed a season too long. Or Seinfeld, they stayed a, t- a season too long. They ended on a perfect note. I expect Succession will be able to do the same thing. I, I think so too, but I also think that there was enough room to that 
you could have like, this is just not me. I'm, I, I'm a, clear, clearly I'm the podcast producer here. I'm not the writer of Succession. But I, I thought that there was so much room for that. Even if like you had Logan die and you had the story of Shiv, Roman, and and uh, I can't even remember last bro's name. Kendall, they could have continued. Kendall, they could have continued and showed them all fight for the company in their own little ways, like going against each other. I think that would have been a riveting season in its own. I think that could have continued for another season. But I, I get what you're saying. Like leaving, leaving early is better than leaving too late. Like leaving the what if is, is better than the stay. All right, man, maybe we dragged this on along too long. Listen, always better to say enough is enough as opposed to the other way around. When these yeah. shows stay around too long, you feel it and, and it bothers you because you feel like, oh, I invested so much into this and it kind of jumped the shark. I got a show for you, by the way, Stefan, before we say goodbye. What do you got for me? Daisy Jones and the Six. My cousin just told me about this show tonight. You got to get into this shit. He dude. was benching it Fantastic. all weekend. He said, that's the show. It, it's I'm got like check a it 70s rock vibe. Yeah. You got the... Ba- it's it, it, it's basically based upon, loosely, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. I, I think that's what they're going for. Like, they got the, you know, the inner hookups going on within the band. Like, it's it, it's juicy, bro. And the music okay. is good, and, and it's a good vibe. Highly recommend. And I have not watched it at all over the last four days because all I've done is watch basketball. My life yeah. has been devoted to the NCAA tournament. But Same. a show recommendation for everybody out there, Daisy Jones and the Six, it was stupendous. So, Steph, glad you had a good time at the premiere. Stellar job by everybody. We are back later this week. Hopefully the Yankees have a shortstop. Volpe, Peraza, Peraza, Volpe. We'll see how the world turns. JJ out. Enjoy your Monday. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.